Salutations, friends, and welcome to another episode of RTAF Podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Norris. Thanks for being here. First off, right off the top here, I want to give big, big, big shout to everyone who subscribed to the Patreon this week. And it's time to shout those names out. First of all, let's let's just make it clear, everyone. I have a Patreon now. If you want to support your boy and the RTAF podcast, please head over to patreon.com slash RTAF podcast. There you'll find different tiers of subscription levels. They are RTAF, RTRAF, and RTSAF. Four, eight, and sixteen dollars respectively. I think you can figure out which one is which. And since we have some new subscribers, they get shouted out at the top of the episode this week. So that goes for everyone. If you subscribe, this is the the basic the most basic subscription level all the way up to the highest. I shout you out first thing on the next episode after you subscribe. So First of all, I want to give a big, big thanks to Brendan Katie. He was the first subscriber, and you can find him on Instagram at Brendan Katie. I will include all the social media handles as links in the description. And yeah, Brendan is an oil painter. He paints design-based, juicy, kind of like donut-shaped orbs, really cool stuff. He also happens to be my neighbor, so big shouts, buddy. Thank you. Second, we've got Rick York. You can find Rick on Instagram at reflective underscore intuition. Rick's been a longtime listener of the podcast. I think he was one of the first people I interacted with, actually, uh, about the podcast, you know, on the internet. Rick's making a lot of cool digital art over there at reflective underscore intuition. Check him out. And then we've got Sam Andrus. That's right, 5 a.m., our guest last week. You can find him again at 5 a.m. Music or 5 a.m. Visuals. He's making a lot of cool blender-based digital art as well as making kick-ass tunes. So go check him out on SoundCloud and Bandcamp uh, as well as Instagram. I'll have those linked in the description. And you can also just... Go back to last week's episode and listen to him if you want some more 5 a.m. And we have Derek Verza is next. Thank you, Derek. You can find him at Derek.Day.9999. And I don't know if that's a reference to the highest amount of hit points you can get in Final Fantasy VII, but I'm here for it either way. Shouts to you. And last but not least, we have Austin Weber. And today is Sunday, right before I'm going to release this podcast. So I don't have Austin's social media handle just yet. And Austin, if you're hearing this, I sent you a message on Patreon. Get back to me, buddy. And I'll uh, I'll put that in next week's episode. So once again, just head on over to patreon.com slash RTAF podcast. Check it out. Might be something you're interested in. As an artist, as well as a podcast host, producer, uh, I have a lot on my plate. And sort of to rationalize keeping this podcast train going and taking time and energy away from the art, I have set up this Patreon. 
And it'll also keep me more accountable and consistent because there is nothing like the pressure of people paying you to do something every single week and stay on top of it. Thank you all for your support, no matter who you are. I am super glad that I have your attention. If you get a chance, tell your friends about it. Rate and review, subscribe, all those good things. Share, really helps out, helps out more than you know. So without any further ado, let's get into the little intro here. This week's episode is with NFN Callion. Fastest I've had a return guest on. Callion hit me up a couple weeks ago and was like, oh, we should do another podcast now that the whole NFT scene has blown up. I believe he was the first episode that I mentioned NFTs. And at that time I was like, that sounds cool. And now, of course, we can't shut the fuck up about it. So this episode about NFTs is a little more nuanced, a little more of a critical eye towards what's going on. And that's mostly what we talk about. We talk about uh, art, either getting a boost or suffering from this. And yeah, lots of other cool things. Callion's really easy to talk to. He also happens to be one of my favorite artists. So it was a no-brainer for me. But if you're subscribing at the $8 tier Patreon, you can suggest some guests and I'm going to make a post, uh, just an open post on Patreon, getting people's uh, suggestions at that tier. So if you're really itching to be like, oh man, I really want to hear from so-and-so, let me have it. Get on Patreon and I'll listen to you and I'll try and get them on. Anyway, I'll stop rambling and let's just get right into this episode. NFN Callion. Callion. Yes, let me make sure that that is saved and return to meeting. All right, sweet. <laughs> Good to have you back, man. Thanks for Good uh, to be here. Yeah, thanks for reaching out and uh, and wanting to chat again. I had a really good good time on our well, last chat. I thought because okay, last time we talked, I just thought it would be like a time capsule if we did it again. Yeah, yeah, totally. Because totally. last. Last time we talked about NFT, I don't know if we're, you're going to use this, but last time we talked about yeah. NFT and the whole world exploded. Right. So now we've got a new thing here. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Wow. What a uh, what a whirlwind of events that have happened since then. Several artists have become millionaires now and uh, just the whole thing has exploded. And I don't know about you, but I, I definitely spent like three solid weeks of my life in clubhouse just listening to people talk about <laughs> nfts <laughs> and I, I i've seen we've seen each other there a few times yeah for sure in different, like i don't know what they're called rooms yeah and but i can't get that into clubhouse why Do not have trouble with it i i uh, be, go for it you go first there's like two thousand people in the world that are interesting to talk to. Yeah. But Clubhouse has all everybody. 
though you get to hear people say things like, well, listen, I'm a multimedia artist based in, and the thing I try to really express and you're like, what does this have to do with the conversation? Like all of a sudden it's just, well, okay. So it's just like, it, I, I've kind of, uh, I kind of view it just as another kind of Instagram or Facebook, but there is, I, I will say that there are some rooms that I've been in that are just really great, really great yeah, conversations. That's true. But yeah. there is that element of people are still like, wait, we're all still chasing clout, right? Like, uh, here's what I do. Here's my life story. And, um, you know, I guess we can get back into uh, talking about dogs or, or whatever we were talking about. Right. But it, it's funny when people kind of uh, jump up on stage and they just they give you like their their like life story a little bit. And you can tell, my, my, yeah. You, you can see that there are like some big names in the room, and and they're like, and me and my buddy Mike actually talked about this on a podcast. But there, it's kind of like, ooh, Sinpai, notice me, you know, like, yeah. It's kind of one one of those things. Um, Not only that, but then you'll also see. I there, another reason I can't go on there is because my first connection to it was through NFT. Yeah. So then it recommends you all these people. So I don't, I'm not connected to maybe everybody that I'd want to talk to or hear talk. Yeah. So all the recommendations I'm getting are to talk about NFT. And when you go into NFT room, people are saying things like when I heard about it in March, I have, oh my God, I can't listen to this. Like, you know, then all the questions are, will, is this a fad? Is it what, you know, all these questions that aren't really fundamentally that interesting unless you get somebody really interesting talking about them. Right. Yeah. But that's not the case usually. And they, that those questions have kind of been rinsed and repeated like a million times. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah. So, so you, what do you think about the future of NFTs? <laughs> <laughs> Is this a serious question? I mean, kind of, yeah. I just I, I, like, yeah. <laughs> do you think the bubble will burst or, or what it, What's your kind of thoughts? Yeah, on that? it's gonna burst. Yeah, uh-huh. for the, sure. The technology is very real, but you can't buy all these things and have everything be worth money. Some things aren't worth money. Look at the world. Totally. That's how the world is. Like you buy a car, and then two years later, it's worth nothing. That's what their NFTs are going to be. Some. Some. Yeah. And then others are going to be something. I think. I think it has more to do with the artists, just like in the real art world, right? You know. I think. I think. The NFT art world, there's going to be some guys who survive in it mm-hmm. or just NFT because of the digital component to it. Whereas those guys before were nobody, you know, I, I, they should have been somebody, but they were nobody. Mm-hmm. So now the people who establish themselves in NFT, there's going to be a lot that are real and they're only an NFT. And they'll expand to the real world by having digital displays and galleries or whatever. But and then there'll be crossover where the real world artists will go over there. Yeah. But I think the ecosystem of NFT is going to shake out the way the real world does. There'll be new people. Totally. But it's going to be, yeah. It's kind of like a, I've heard it compared to like the, the dot com boom in the 90s, yeah. you know, where they'll be, they'll definitely be like winners, uh, you know, that, that have that longevity. But uh, yeah, there's definitely going to be some people who are holding. JPEG. A funny thing about the a funny thing about the dot com boom in comparison to this mm-hmm. is the dot com boom. They couldn't figure out how to make money. Oh I mean, right. They have these websites. Right. And they'd be like, it should. I mean, what is? But and then they'd be like, well, this is valued really highly. Like, remember, Facebook didn't make any money. Right. They were like a billion dollar website, like a multi billion dollar website. <laughs> and then they figured out how to monetize it. But 
this is the opposite problem. Everything is monetized. Right. And then now it has to shake out. <laughs> yeah, that's an interest that's an interesting observation because it it really is just the the complete opposite of in terms of a marketplace, it's like the complete opposite yeah. of like dot coms. I, I think there was even a law in the early to mid nineties that said you actually couldn't sell things on the internet. And then it got, oh, wow. it got overturned. And, uh, then, you know, the gold rush happened or whatever. <laughs> That's pretty amazing. I did not know about that. Yeah. Um, I'll need to, well, I'm not that rigorous, but you, people can look it up. <laughs> people can look it up. Um, I heard someone who, who definitely knows about that stuff talking about it. So, um, yeah, man. Again, thanks for coming back on. Um, how you been? How's Miami? Well, I, I don't know if last time we talked, I bought a house that I had, had I bought you, that last time? You, yeah, you were talking about it. We were talking about that in the context of, uh, of kind of just going all in, in the real world kind of, or, you know, the, yeah. uh, the like responsibility zone of like having a house and having to make money and, and being yeah. being in the world versus being kind of a uh, you know homesteader like growing your own organic food and yeah shaking Which your is the great fist at society. <laughs> well, I have I've, I'm gonna probably move in this month. It's been I've been renovating this house since oh, I bought okay. it in December. Yeah, so that's what's been going on in the real world, kids. Okay, and and I had I ha- I've had some strange and interesting NFT successes yeah oh i i saw the uh the nifty maybe it was the first one it was the seven or eight panel uh uh duty and consequence i think it was called was it that one that there will i have had i had uh three nifty gateway drops last year and then i had one this year in february and because of the whole thing and this was actually it's funny i'm glad that we're talking about NFTs a little bit because I'm actually backing away from it. I think I, last time we talked, I was saying, "Yeah, this is great." Yeah, I'm actually backing away from it, and it was because of my last Nifty Gateway drop. Why? Where? Uh, I'm. Let me just preface this. Like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like, great. I'm not complaining, right? Yeah. Because you get 10% of every resale and everything, right? Yeah. But we sold, and I thought this was a. I was advised to sell 300 of something. Not the same thing, but 10 tokens of 30 of each. And I thought, oh my God, that's a huge number, 300. Will it even sell? I didn't even know. Will will it even sell out? And I was assured, yes, it will sell out. And it sold out in one second, right? One second, they're gone. Yeah. And then within the next 10 minutes, I had resale. Everything had resold at least 10 times, every single one of them. Dang. Like I think 100, 150 sold that people wanted it, but 150 of them, those people didn't even want them. They just wanted to flip it. Right. Which for me was such an eye opener. I said, "This is. I don't know if I want to be a part of this." This this is not buying art because you are drawn to the art. You're. It's like right. buying a Beanie Baby and getting on eBay. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah, they didn't even care what it was. They didn't care. They most of the people. I, I found out later. Um, Somebody with knowledge on the on the subject told me, "Oh yeah, most of the people who collected it didn't even realize 
because it was 10 different statues. I don't know if you saw that one. There's 10 rotating statues and they show it progressively age. The first one is perfect and the last one's trashed. Mm. So then, and I had a reason for it and a whole idea or whatever, like every artist, right? You got an idea, you put a, they didn't even realize that's what it was. They were just it, like, for them, it was just, yeah, just a an token. Asset. I'm getting it. Yeah. An asset. Wow. So I haven't actually minted any um, visual art on there, but what I did okay. do, what, you know, and I'll toot my own horn. I don't give a shit. Like <laughs> what I thought I did with the NFT was cool. My friend Allie and I did a podcast like this and mm-hmm. on it, she remixed the RTAF logo. And, I saw this. And, uh, and so we embedded like... So the the actual NFT itself was just like the animation of what she remixed. And then like unlockable content is the whole episode, right? Video, yeah. audio, all that stuff. I worked so hard like learning um, Adobe Premiere and because uh, we had a lot of lag. So I had to edit uh, the audio to line up with the oh. video and stuff. And it was such a pain in the butt. And it... Still hasn't sold. Uh, shout out anyone who's looking for one of those. Where, 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 what platform is it on? It's just on OpenSea. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's a that's a that's a good place to put it. Yeah, I figure that was a good place to start. And um, yeah, there's the one. They time. might rule the world eventually. I mean, who knows? I think uh, yeah. honestly, the kind of the most exciting thing about this now that the the dust has kind of settled a little bit is are all the other uses outside of just um collecting art i think that like obviously collecting art for art's sake is cool and that should continue and digital artists like like android jones and and, uh glass crane and and some of my homies in clubhouse shout out tech um they're, they're like making really dope work you know like right yeah top level yeah and so people I know that Android had definitely has some collectors who are like collecting it for the art and they're all in on NFTs as well, but they're like holding, you know, they're holding this art. And I, I still think that it's, it's really, really great for digital artists. Um, but for someone like me, who's, who's just been painting and I am not technologically savvy at all. I mean, we just had a, uh, about a five minute, uh, technical difficulty at the top of this episode. <laughs> where I couldn't hear you. But um, yeah, I think for someone like me, it's it's more like this is another avenue to possibly um, share my work with, with a different set of people and collectors who might vibe with it. Um, yeah. But I also want to do something. I don't want to just put a still image up there. Do you know what right. I mean? Like, mm-hmm. And it's almost out of respect for, uh, and I know I'm, for people who listen to the podcast every week, I know I'm repeating myself, but it's almost out of respect for like the digital artists who have been doing it for decades, you know? Yeah. I think there's something I looked at it initially. My first drop was a static image. Yeah. And I looked at it as um, an extension of prints. Yeah. Like we don't have a problem selling a print. To me, it was a similar thing, but I actually looked at it as more valuable than prints. Mm-hmm. Prints are just a piece of paper. I, I don't. I know that they supposedly have value, but I don't see it that way. Mm. But the NFT, I thought this actually is a store of value if you get it. Um, I, but so there is that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I I think that um, 
in terms of like how things are going with the uh, humans boosting technology just at this incredibly exponential pace <laughs> prints are going to seem like an antique or like maybe even a real painting will be seen more as an antique um and so i think that nfts definitely have like longevity they have like yeah. the longevity thing like pretty locked in if you know barring any sort of solar flare or natural right. disaster or political disaster <laughs> or whatever um right. you know fingers crossed on that um they definitely have a little bit more longevity because um you know people restore old paintings for a living and yeah. I, I think that that's like you, you know you don't have to worry about that so much with with nfts yeah. and it's this kind of like forever thing technically or it should be it's fascinating i've been reading this is a bit of a side point to what you're saying but i've been reading about where the files are stored mm -hmm. and it seems like they could like i'm not 100 percent certain about this but i think that if let's say nifty gateway goes belly up tomorrow like they just cease to exist mm -hmm. i think all that stuff might be gone really so it is like centralized so. in that way some platforms are yeah. some platforms aren't mm -hmm. and so i'm i i don't exactly understand it all because you might be able to take your token off of nifty gateway once yeah. you buy it and it's yours you might be able to remove it it's like on but your if you're not drive. doing that or wherever yeah. yeah but if you're not doing that uh, it might be that you just are, you might've literally just bought an image on a computer and it's nothing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. Well, I mean, hopefully, you know, it's kind of, obviously it's born out of crypto. So, uh, if you have like your crypto keys and your, your wallet on your hard drive, that is, that is the way, you know, as, as I understand it, I'm not super crypto savvy, but if you're, uh, if you have all your crypto on an exchange, that's still a little like centralized. And I think that the whole yeah. ideology and ethos behind uh, behind crypto is really great. And that's why I have, I mean, quite a quite a bit of crypto. It's kind of like it's kind of like play money, you know, where yeah. it, and it's just like <laughs> just in case money. Like if if yeah. our institutions fail us, which I mean. I don't know. I don't know where you stand on that, but to me, it kind of looks like they might. That's what they do. That's what they do for fun. This fail is so yeah. on a massive scale. I don't know why they wouldn't. Yeah, and the whole idea of like a controlled failure, so that a few people can come out on top, is is a thing. And so, like the ideology of, of crypto is sort of this, you know, sentinel fortress of of, uh, of financials, you know, and yeah. Uh, sovereignty like individual sovereignty for for everyone in that sort of way i i um i understand it that way too but i guess maybe i'm so i don't know what the word is but i'm so unabstract in my thinking about the about in my art in my internal thinking i think it's very it becomes very abstract but i'm so concrete about things like money and everything to me i'm like look at it like well, I mean, if like you said, if everything goes to shit, then I, maybe it'll work out. Yeah. There's that. There's that distinct component there. But I'm also thinking it just makes sense for it to be worth a lot eventually. Yeah. That's all I'm I'm just looking at like I, if I buy it, it's almost like play money in the way that you spend a dollar and oh, I got $10 now. 
Yeah. And the next month, oh, I got a hundred bucks. Yeah. Like that's monopoly. That's not the real world. <laughs> right. Right. So I like that component of it. Uh, yeah, I do too. Um, have you heard of this dude, uh, Balaji? He's not, he's a, he's big on Twitter. I heard him on a podcast recently and it was, yeah. he, he really went into, went in on the whole, the whole crypto thing. And, uh, yeah, I mean, he he is very convincing in terms of like how the the global like power structures are kind of shifting right now, and yeah. like you know, uh, America is sort of on the decline, where China is sort of like rising, rising, and yeah. uh, I I just think it's like kind of a it's kind of like hedging your bet your bets, you know. I actually became involved last month, or maybe this month, March, with a Chinese NFT site. Mm -hmm. And I'm not exactly sure. I still haven't figured out what they're doing because uh, their format is they have something called a... There's a bunch of artists on it. Pete Moorbacher, Chad Knight, um, and I don't know. There's a bunch of guys doing it. It's FM Gallery, right? So Mm -hmm. on their site, they have a thing called a blind box drop. And um, I don't understand how it works. So you pay as the user 400 bucks, let's say, let's just use that as a, okay. a basic number. And then you get a piece of artwork, but the piece of art, or you might get nothing, which I don't quite understand. Mm-hmm. Maybe you get some kind of crypto token of theirs, but like the pieces I had on there were in the, something called a blind box with a bunch of other artists. And each artist were selling their work for different amounts. And each artist had a different number of artworks in the box, but the box was a steady amount. So they had figured out some kind of algorithm where you would pay 400 bucks, but each of my pieces were $500. So you could pay 400 bucks and get a $500 piece. Mm. And then there's Chad Knight had a one of one, which I, in that box, which must've been, you know, I don't know, five, easy five figures. So you could have paid $400 and gotten that. I can't figure out what they're doing, but the reason I got involved with this Chinese-based thing was I was like, "Dude, China might rule the world. Like, let's yeah. put a foothold in whatever they got going on." Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, what what are your thoughts on? Uh, you know, people have kind of been biting back at artists about uh, minting NFTs because of the ecological impact. Um, yeah. I was I saw that very early on. Uh, a, somebody had done a study about it, I think for a PhD thesis. Mm-hmm. That's where it started. Um, I saw early on, meaning like sometime last year, I saw somebody had started doing research into that. And um, I'd like to actually see some hard data on that. Yeah. I'm not saying it's not real. I'm 100% certain that there is some ecological impact. How could there not be? Sure. But I'd like to see hard data. They're saying, oh, to, to mint one, FT, one NFT, that's like powering the entire United States for 17 years. I mean, I'm seeing numbers. It's like, I don't think, how, what is it really? That's yeah, what I want to yeah. know. Yeah. So I, I'm very curious about that. I think there's always going to be a group of people too who um, are a bit afraid of uh, technology and they're like, whoa, like, Let's bump the brakes here. This could be dangerous. And, you know, yeah. y- you see it all the way back to, like, the printing press. Uh, right. And and I think those people were called Luddites, which now is kind of like a, you know, not a nice term to call right. someone. Yeah. Um, but I think there's, all, you know, it, in terms of, like, something like AI, I think it's, a, it's good to have a little bit of, like, caution with that kind of stuff. But I don't, you know, I don't think it's fair to like 
look at an artist or especially like a digital artist who whose work could only be printed or or shown on like a screen at a festival or something like that and be like you're the problem you know this ecological disaster that we're we might be heading towards like you're a big problem in that when like you know i've never heard those same people talk about factory farming or uh it's complete hypocrisy yeah because like we said in the last time if you live in it yeah you can't you can't (laughs) you're part of it you're in it now yeah so if somebody's figured out a way in this system to create art and it's destroying the entire planet, the art, let's just say, okay, it's wrecking everything, making these NFTs. Sure. Then, okay, like, where is there a moral, uh, is there moral uh, gray area or is it white and black? Like, yeah. Can you say the car, the electric car isn't as bad as the regular car, even though they're both made out of plastic and metal in a factory? Right. I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. Right. I, you know, there's always gray area as far as I yeah. can tell. Um, yeah. I, I, you know, I think people get real dualistic in their thinking. And yeah. I, and that might be a problem. Not saying the, it is. No, but it, <laughs> <laughs> it could be. The, yeah. The NF, I think that that's been one of the, the big things that when you were on Clubhouse and somebody's talking about, NFT, there's got to be somebody jumping in and saying how bad it is for the environment. But I think, have you noticed, have you felt as though there's a tremendous fear surrounding NFT in general mm. from artists of everybody's making all this money? How do I get my name out there? That's what we're seeing in Clubhouse. But I think that that fear could be leading to some of this too, like trying to get other people to scale back, trying to bring them. Anytime you see that, you're seeing somebody saying, no, no, you shouldn't do it that way. And it's yeah. because they want to be a part of the thing. Yeah. Yeah. And everybody has their own like kind of reasons or political uh, agendas. Like, you know, I saw a group of um, maybe gallery owners or just like people in the art fair world kind of would start their own room. And, and basically the thesis of it would be like, NFTs are ruining art and like this isn't going to last. It's, you know, kind of just like bashing it without, uh, without really seeing the value in it, you know? And that, that's something I don't know that we could ever solve for, you know? Like the, you know, I'll try and keep this brief, but it probably won't be. But the, you know, about DAOs or DAOs. Have you heard about that? Yeah. Um, decentralized autonomous organizations right and i think that's such a dope concept it's like it's sort of taking the ethos of like a a commune but digitizing it so you don't have to there's not the friction of like weird relationships and sharing like a kitchen and a bathroom with 10 people or whatever you know but it's it's basically like everybody gets a token who's on this dow and you kind of get to um you can incentivize basically you make your own incentives inside this space. Right. Mm -hmm. And so the people or entities who are, who are cooperating and, and actually bringing value to the space get voted up by, by like tokens. It's kind of like a sort of like a decentralized voting mechanism. So of course in my abstract 
stoned artist uh, perspective, I think like, what if the whole world was a DAO, you know? And so then we could kind of marginalize like, you know, is a social media company like selling your data and like sort of screwing you on algorithms? Well, like I'm not going to give them any of my tokens. Um, right. Mm, I had a point that I was going to wrap back into that, but I, I can't remember <laughs> what it was. Um, yeah, I think that that that's such a cool, you know, scaffolding that can be built on this craze because like now we have everybody paying attention right yeah Yeah, everybody's seeing do you think that do you you think that art is suffering temporarily because uh, of this uh suffering i i mean it's i mean what i mean by this is what i mean is i really had just like i did this thing mm -hmm. it's when your motivation is the money right then what are you really making? Exactly. So that's why I was like, I need to really step back because if I make NFT, it has to be something that really comes from my heart. Now, what they do with the secondary market and everything, I can't control that. It'll live on. But prior to that, I had been thinking similarly, but I had been thinking, hey, listen, I had this cool little thing and nobody really knows about it. Yeah. And it's going to grow slowly. And we can really play in this format and see what's possible. And now I'm seeing, okay, the expectation is you make these epic things and or you have a big name or whatever and you sell a million of them or whatever. It's just a money grab after money grab. Whereas my inclination with NFT, if you see my paintings, they're these crazy, massive, epic things, right? Yeah. But my, my inclination with NFT was actually going the opposite direction and go very personal. Mm-hmm. Like maybe make short films where I'm talking about something very personal and have little animated sequences, like go in the opposite direction of anything I've ever done. And I still could do that in NFT and I still will. Yeah. But whether or not the platforms will actually be able to support that, I'm not sure. So I have to really still just do it for myself. I might present it to Nifty Gateway and they'd be like, no, and I'll put it up on Rarible okay, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Fine. But, uh, it shocked me that thing, but I think everybody else is taking the opposite angle. And instead of saying, okay, I need to step back. Like I started doing more paintings. Yeah. I said, this is too crazy, mm-hmm. but I think everybody else is saying, how do I get involved? And that mentality just leads to, I just got to make a thing. Like it's gotta be cool. And I'm going to make a thing. I, I think that artists might actually end up suffering from that. Um, the, the art too, but you know, like the, the thing about that is like people make, um, inexperienced or or unrefined art all the time it's just that like very few people see it and now right you know you're seeing like eight bit little pictures of of whatever on there and is that art i mean sure you know if we want to be real broad about it but i think like you were saying artists could potentially suffer in the long run with their careers because they're they're, they have that fomo right and they want to just mint all their pieces and put them on the blockchain. And then if some, again, like when the bubble bursts and someone's holding like a JPEG of this, um, artist who, who may be a little like un, more unknown outside of the NFT space, those collectors might be a little, uh, disappointed or something like that, you know? And it could, yeah. I could see that potentially hurting an artist's career, but and again, too, like, just the flip side of that, just like there's a flip side to everything. 
I'm not ever going to be mad at an artist for getting that money, you know, like go for it. Yeah. If that's what you want to do, I think for like people who are more the mindset of like you and I, it's, it's more about the enjoyment of it. Um, and the, the process of, of making good art that, that is going to be appreciated whether there's a digital marketplace or not. There's something extremely satisfying about making something and being like, that's it. Yeah. It doesn't happen all the time, but when you make one, you're like, that was it. Yeah. And you know it, nobody has to tell you, you know. Right. Right. (laughs) And when you rush through things and they stop having that kind of value to you as a, as a creator, then you hope that it won't affect young artists that badly. Mm -hmm. But like last time we talked about how if you represent it in the wrong way earlier in your career, it's hard to break into the other sides of the art industry. Yeah. And I wonder if this will be a situation like that where some artists who have rushed into this thing, like then later on, it's like, we can't take that guy seriously. Yeah. Like the the good ones will always be good, but these younger guys, you know, I'm 22 and I got this thing. Like maybe, you know, it's this, this is a, the reason art is a long road is because very few people at a young age are gifted with that voice to be able to say something worth hearing. Yeah. I mean, have, how often do you hear a high school student say something? <laughs> and you're like, this yes. guy knows what's up. It's like, <laughs> that's, no. it's rare. So, you know, they're rushing to market and then some of them, they'll be like, yeah, but that was that guy. Like, no. Yeah. 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 When you said rush to market, it made me think of kind of like the investor space in the, the startup world where you, you may have a great idea, but you got to be patient with it and you have to, you have to really, it's, you know, it's about context as well as, as, you know, making a profit and it's about, yeah, yeah. Having something to say and not, not just like basically the thing that some artists are saying maybe unconsciously by, by going for the FOMO money grab thing is, uh, I just want to make money right now. And like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It, it'll be interesting. Have you seen, have you seen Murakami's reaction to this? Mm-mm, no, I haven't. Uh, he's doing NFTs. I wish I could find his, let me see. Hold on. I'm going to look on Instagram real quick. That's fine. I want to read you, uh, what he wrote. Uh, let's see if I can find the post where he said it. Uh, he's 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 i love his instagram oh yeah because it's hilarious the things that he says mm-hmm. but uh where oh here it is no i don't know but he wrote a thing about he anyways He's he talked about somewhere in one of his, you know, he writes these long captions, which are then translated by somebody else. Mm-hmm. He's so enthusiastic about life. That's what I like about him. I just love the things that his approach to things. But he was saying how he was kind of feeling a little bit stuck or something like that. And then NFT made him feel like re like young again. Like, look at all these things you can do. Yeah. And he's making these little eight bit flowers, like, you know, his flowers, but he's making them eight bit. Yeah. And it's kind of interesting. And, uh, I don't, sometimes I don't know whether I love all of his art 
So it doesn't make any difference. Yeah. It's like I always say, if for me, like Warhol, I listen to the things Warhol says and I think, this guy's great. And then I look at the piece and I'm like, Meh. okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever. Yeah. But uh, I feel sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes similar about Murakami where I'm like, he's he's great. And then I look at an 8-bit flower and I think, oh, I don't really care about flowers. That's whatever to me. Yeah, yeah. But other other things of his work are visually stunning. But I love that an older artist, a guy who's just made it to as far to the top as you can get it's like this is it i've rediscovered something in this format to me that was it was really cool i don't know what made me think of that but yeah 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 yeah. and i think for a guy like mirakami like you can kind of pretty much do whatever you want at this point right like and and you'll have people who will eat it up i mean you still have to be enthusiastic about it you know, Did you but. see what he said? A few, I don't know if you. He said uh, he apparently he lost a ton of money over COVID. Yeah, uh, and he had to stop some major project that he'd been working on for years. Mm. Did you see this? No. Yeah, I think it was an animated film or something. I don't know, but it was like his his passion project, mm-hmm. and it was really amazing to read because I'm sure he's still living in the lap of luxury or yeah. whatever. If he yeah. called Louis Vuitton tomorrow, I was like, hey, we need to make a new purse. He'd be like, great, here's $10 million or whatever <laughs> the deals are, right? I don't yeah. know. I'm always speculating on how life works for Murakami. Right. But, uh, you know, <laughs> but, uh, but uh, it was amazing to me. Then he was, t- he was talking about how he was liquidating his assets to continue that. He was like, no, I'm selling his own personal things. Yeah. Like I had to sell whatever to continue this movie. Like he did not care all that mattered was finishing this project. I don't know. It's kind of, I guess, the it's the counterpoint to people rushing right. toward the money with NFT. This guy's doing the, he would do the opposite in every situation. And for him, NFT is the opposite. It's right. reinvigorated his love of, of things, of yeah, making yeah. things. Yeah. And maybe like, you know, when you sort of have tenure, I guess, for lack of a better term, right. in, in the art world, like you can sort of, be like, oh, yo, I'm going to mint all this stuff on this new powerful money-making platform to fund my passion project. You know what I mean? Right. Like, yeah. uh, it, it, that seems, it, you know, from, from what I've just heard just now, is like that sort of seems like what he's doing. And that's yeah. like a move, you know? That's a that's a move for, for someone at that level. Um, and again, like, I, I don't know. I just can never, like... I, I don't understand all the uh, just the derision towards artists who are like as a career demographic or whatever. We're it's so fucking tough, man. Like, yeah, you have to make the right moves like the whole time, or yes. or just have some sort of like thing happen, recognize it as an opportunity, and seize it, and. And that's where we kind of get into the paradox of NFTs too, because it's certainly like a huge opportunity, but they're, you know, they're pitfalls just like anything else. And I mean, that's an interesting topic to think about. Like, I think humans are always kind of searching for this panacea, you know, or this like philosopher's stone that's going to like make everything okay. (laughs) And I don't think it exists, but every every generation, every 10, 20 years, something comes along and everybody's like, our troubles are over. And it, you yeah. know, like, 
you know, whether it's like the gold rush or the industrial revolution or whatever. This is it. it, it, Yeah. Everything comes at a cost, you know, no matter what. And I think, I think with NFT, the funny thing is first let's dispel the idea that this is a disruptor of the market. Okay. It completely isn't. Yeah. I don't think, I know Gagosian's not losing sleep. Right. He's just going to move his artists into NFT and yeah. make money. Right. Whatever. Right. Uh, and once Christie's and all these people, you see it, they're already moving in. Oh, yeah. It's going to be the same thing that everything else is. Yeah. But two, uh, I think it's just going to create another space for artists to be brutalized. Mm once all that happens, you're not going to be able to, right now you can establish yourself in it because it's brand new. It's like starting an internet company in 1999. Like, Hey, we're going to do this. Nobody's ever done it before. Right. Great. Well, if you start a search engine in 2021, nobody, <laughs> nobody blinks, right? Nothing happens. Yeah. No one cares. And that's what it's going to be like. Oh, oh, look at my new NFT in 20, even 2025. Look at my NFT. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I, I saw it. That's it. So it's not going to really change artists lives it's changing them at this moment right not long term though not long term yeah yeah it's so wild man like i was definitely like very very starry-eyed about it at first and but then i sort of like i don't know this gets back to the sort of free will thing we were talking about last time like i don't know what it was in me but i something was sort of like all right you don't know shit about like after effects and blender and all these cool digital programs and yeah it luckily enough i had like good information coming from like just all-star people on clubhouse yeah um that that basically told me like you know don't maybe don't rush to just like mint a still Mm -hmm. image because it's still the thing too that like the big names the people who are already in a position of um means or or power are able to swing that around in this space just as much as they would in the real world right and so they already have the advantage and so if you're going to make something um like as an artist at my current level of career like you better make it cool you better make it like unique in some sort of way yeah and after listening for a couple weeks i sort of decided like I have work to do on my paintings. Like I have a group show coming up and, and I need to just keep the, like the production going and to sort of like siphon that energy and, and put it into like learning a new digital program so that I can Mm. be noticed in this space. It's just a lot, you know, it's, it's, it, it could derail the art thing for a time. So I was, I think I'm a little bit like cautious in nature and luckily, wow, I think yeah. I think that's a wise way to be cautious, though. Yeah, yeah. Plus, I mean, with the with the podcast too, like this is like a every week thing, or I'm trying to make it an every week thing, you know. And uh, so, I'm like, all right, I, I have my thing. I'm just gonna keep going and sort of like slowly work on something for the NFT yeah. space, and yeah, and not get you know. I think the tendency too with humans is, is they see a shiny new thing and they're like, what could be wrong with it? And, you know, uh, 
after you kind of sit with it for a minute, uh, yeah. you kind of see like, okay, there it's, it's not perfect. Like let's, let's take our time and, and, and strategize a little bit with this thing. Well, I think that your philosophy goes right back to the idea that, that I cannot get away from. It's, it's always the work. Yeah. It's just the work. Yeah. Yeah. You know, everybody's I mean, like NFT, NFT, well, whatever. Yeah. But what about the work? Is the work there? Yeah. Because sometimes with NFT it is and sometimes it is. So for a guy like you or me where we're coming from outside of this thing, if we do it, when we look at it, is that yeah. is that worth it? It needs to be good in my eyes, first yeah. and foremost. Like, yeah. I, I don't really care too much about hype. Yes, I could use an extra $20,000 or just $20,000 period. Um, but it's, you, you know, right. but <laughs> yeah, sure. But it's like, it, you know, you know, maybe if I had jumped on it in the summer and been like, cause I, I remember seeing this live with you and the, uh, the nifty guy, one of the nifty or no, maybe it was your, um, it, it gallery was guy. Think, yeah. 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 And, um, and you guys were talking about it. I was like, Oh, that's cool. And then like started painting again. And then like yeah. it started sort of building up and my friend Annie had, had done a uh, like a digital NFT show. She actually minted Beeple's first piece mm-hmm. and it sold for like 300 bucks or something like that. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, it's just like crazy. And that was like two years ago. Yeah. And, and you know, I was like, that's cool. I hope that like that can take off one day. And then all of a sudden just bam. And it's like a yeah, whole like different a, world. You know what's interesting about Vincent? Uh, I don't want to. That's the owner of uh, Ivy Gallery in Los Angeles. Who basically I let Vincent control my career. Nice. So a I good just, thing. Like, that's a good thing. Like yeah. I think it's unusual to find somebody who you trust to do that. Mm-hmm. But I've known him for more than ten years, and his vision for how things need to happen is the same as mine. Nice. Like, what do you, he, his thing for me is, what do you want to do as an artist? Do that. I'm not going to worry about it. Yeah. Whatever you want to do. If I ask him, what do you think between these two things, like in terms of the marketplace or what kind of show you'd like to see, he'll tell me. Yeah. But then if I say, oh, I'm doing the other one, he'll be like, great. Nice. Uh, you have to do whatever you need to do. But in terms of how to bring, then once you have a product, which is art, how to bring that to market, how to show it to people. In my opinion, it has to be done a certain way. You need it to showcase your art in the best possible way. It needs to be all about the work. It has to be really presented nicely. Yeah. Um, I'm not even talking about selling or clients or anything, but just how I want my things handled. Yeah. He always does right by me. It's hard to find that kind of thing. And um, so to talk about him for a minute, he is, so let's talk about the art world for a second because we've talked about it, right? Yeah. I think last time I talked about how it's hard for artists to move up. Well, galleries is the same thing. If you do a certain kind of, represent a certain kind of work and it's hard to move up. Uh, it's been pretty well known that people with a lot of money who start a gallery, sometimes they'll show unsellable things for a couple of years to get that reputation of, Oh, these guys are edgy or whatever, whatever. And then they can, so you have to be able to suffer through that. Mm. Yeah. We just have like, just imagine there's something in this room and things like that. Like <laughs> you got to show things that nobody can even really buy. Yeah. And the, these, these cutting edge con- conceptual projects. And then you're considered a gallery that, is like whatever, you know, or there's gal- galleries that manage emerging artists and they're always going to imagine, emer- uh, manage that level. Yeah. 
Like it, but Vincent had the strange ambition to move up, and he's done that in the art world where he started, I think, in Fort Lauderdale, which is where really? I met him. Really? Yeah, imagining nobody, as you can imagine. Yeah. Then, but he started, he showed in art fairs all around the country. And then he moved to New York and started doing pretty well there at mid career things. And he was showing at Scope Art Fair and that nice. kind of level. And then he moved out to Los Angeles a couple of years ago. And that's when he started really representing me. Before that, we'd been close, but he'd always be like, no, not yet. So then he moved out there and he said, okay. And he moved all my stuff out there and started showing it out there and different artists. And that then he started representing the highest level. And here it was nobody, mid-career New York, high level Los Angeles. It was such a weird thing. Most galleries cannot do that. But then this NFT thing has vaulted him. And I don't want to talk too much about his business. That's his business. But I talked to him for about an hour and a half today. I talked to him a couple times a month. Mm-hmm. I talked to him for an hour and a half today. And it's unbelievable to hear because this type of movement, like I said, is usually impossible. But now he's fielding calls. People are calling him from that, like just pe- names that mm-hmm. if I just say them, you know, right. they're calling him. Right. Hey. Yeah. And it's amazing to me because he saw this coming. And I think I might have been the first artist he brought to it. Nice. A lot of times that he gets, he knows that I'll always want to be doing something interesting. So he called me and he said, do you know, have you heard of this thing? I said, no. And he said, this is what it is. I said, I want to do it. Yeah. I didn't even care about the money. It's just crazy to me. Like, yeah. I didn't think I'd make any money. I thought I'd make like a hundred bucks. Yeah. Like, great, let's do it. Digital yeah. shit. They're cool. Yeah. And uh, so he called, so we did that live and everything. And since then, it's because he found all these major artists to put on their people included whoever uh mad dog jones i think was ivy gallery all these guys who had these million dollar drops now he's feel uh you know boss logic he's fielding the calls from across the world he's negotiating deals with movie studios really to do have boss logic do their their movie posters (laughs) like i can't even believe it like amazing like but that's a that's a separate issue yeah. And it's almost semi unrelated to me. I'm still in the art world. Right, right. Like, like I'm not doing that stuff. But it's crazy to me to see that kind of movement. It happens so rarely. And NFT was really the moment to make that move. Yeah. So not only are us artists seeing that, but at least one other person. And I would imagine on the collector side of things, a similar thing is happening. Mm-hmm. Like there's this guy, the guy who sold the Beeple for six million, mm-hmm. not the sixty-nine million, but the guy who bought a Beeple for whatever hundred bucks and then sold it for six million. I would imagine that he was a nobody in terms of the art collecting art world, and now he's a million dollar collector. Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of, but I like I said, I think in five years this won't exist right. in the same way. Right. It's the thing It'll where be cemented. It's the thing where like, you know, twenty percent of the people who enter the space will actually come up in a big, big way. Right. You know, and and you have a better chance of doing that if you have like, like, it seems like your friend at IV had like the capital to kind of like play with and like build something with. And he's obviously like all about the art too. Like he contacted you about about NFTs because like, I mean, who better than someone at your like skill level, like making like these gigantic masterpieces, right? It's not like he just went on Instagram and found some digital artists. He, he like right. knew he was kind of like investing, right? He, yeah, he, he is interesting because he thinks the way you should think mm-hmm. that it's got to start with 
the art. Yeah. And I think NFT is looking so much in the opposite direction right now yeah. that he's able to really make real moves because he's thinking what is going to actually still exist in five years. Yeah. And that's how he's making decisions. Yeah. And again, just to bring it back, like I think that that's how artists should think is like, don't just go for the cash grab. I mean, you can, and that's cool, I guess. But like, you know, it's, it's about longevity and, uh, and, and again, this is, this is coming from a guy who hasn't actually even minted an NFT. So, you know, take that with a big, <laughs> big old rock of salt. Uh, yeah, it's just crazy, man, how, how much it's changed. And, uh, I'm glad that we're, we're getting to talk about it. It's kind of like a debriefing, you know, like, uh, that's, that's what I wanted to get. Did you, did you hear about this conversation that happened on clubhouse? I wasn't a part of it, but I saw it was happening. Mm-hmm. And then later I was involved with somebody who was a central figure of it on clubhouse in a conversation, but there was a conversation and in this conversation about whether or not artists should real world artists should receive royalties. That was the premise. A collector went in, and I guess in his avatar, he's wearing a pair of orange pants. This might actually ring a bell with some people who go on Clubhouse because it's become a thing. Mm-hmm. And he said, should the person who make my pants get royalties if I sell them to somebody else? His argument was that in the real world, if you buy a painting, you shouldn't have to pay royalty to the artist if you sell the painting to another person. And uh, this is the part I didn't know. I, I went, I then... I had a conversation with him on a different thing and everybody started memeing his pants <laughs> after that. It became a meme on Clubhouse. Like everybody had their avatar be his pants or something. I don't yeah. know. So if you see orange pants, that's what that is. Uh-huh. But uh, I had a conversation with him later and I was saying as an artist, everybody was arguing against him. They were calling him the devil. Like, mm-hmm. dude, artists should get paid. So then I had this conversation and I said, I don't even understand. Uh, we don't get paid. Like, how is this even a, why are they arguing against you? We don't get paid. That's reality. Like if they institute a law where they say I have to get paid, good for me. Yeah. But I'm not upset about it that it doesn't exist. And he said something I had no idea. The EU does have a law that artists have to get paid for their art on the resale. Did you know that? I did not know that. Moving to Europe. Let's go. I know. <laughs> it blew my mind. Yeah. So. Wow. I mean, shit, you learn something new every day, right? Yeah. Um, He's a British guy, and that's why he was so hardcore against me. He's like, this is crazy. I collect art, and I have to pay this guy when I when I sell it. Yeah. And I did not know that that – I thought, well, this guy's arguing a pointless argument. He's arguing for the thing that exists, that, yeah. always has existed. Yeah. But that's not the case. That's Yeah, it's kind of weird how, like, different countries – sort of handle stuff like that, like intellectual property and, and resale value and all that stuff. Like, I mean, I, I know in China, like the whole individual intellectual property doesn't really like exist so much, you know? Um, I don't, really? I mean, th- is that why they're so easy to make like Ninja Turtle knockoff toys? I stuff? think so. Yeah. Yeah. I know that a lot of my friends too have had, uh, their artwork just sort of like pulled down from sites and turned into like, uh, I mean, they're shitty, but they're like grainy tapestries. You know what I mean? Like, and, and they'll just sell artists work and we really don't have recourse for that yet. I mean, you can send them a cease and desist and like eventually an artist gets to the point where they realize that, trying to fight this legally is going to cost them way more than if they just let the person keep selling their art, 
on on like yeah. bootlegged clothing and and other shit. But it's funny, and they'll even take out Facebook ads and like the fans that you know fans will get on there and just call them all sorts of names and be like you're a thief you know like what are you doing but it happens you know and like there's kind of the way the legal system's set up it's sort of it's sort of just a a pain in the ass for for someone who doesn't have the capital to like get it to stop that's amazing yeah that's amazing yeah i mean it's a free it's sort of like a I mean, the world really at large, I think we're sort of going through like turbulence of, of realizing that everyone in the world is connected now. It's sort of like, you know how things will dawn on you? At least they do me. Like something will happen and I'll be like, oh, it's things are different now, but it doesn't really like take effect until a week or a couple weeks later. And as we're seeing like this globalization thing happen, I think that we're we're catching up to it like slower than it's happening you know it's like human consciousness is always a little like maybe not slow but uh, there's a bit of a delay or something a bit of an mm-hmm. echo that's like reverberating yeah, from events so. yeah um man this is uh this is great this is really something i've wanted to talk about uh because the last four or five episodes I've done is have just been like, yeah, fuck yeah, NFTs. Um, but I've also, I also recorded those like five in like a six day time period. So I was like yeah. banking, banking episodes, you know, as they say in the biz. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, and, but I, I've come to realize that, okay, it's not just like this completely, uh, uh, without, without, um, what do I want to say? Without cost, um, panacea thing that everybody's making it out. The, to the other artists you've spoken to, they're all, all in or how is, what's the general feeling um, that you've gotten? Another thing too, is I haven't been on clubhouse so much in the last month or so because it, yeah. it, it also just turned into kind of a distraction for me because, you know, you're in a room and if you're not talking, you're kind of supposed to mute your mic. Right. And even if I'm like trying to paint and someone says something, I'm like, oh, I've got something to say. I go to like, oh, you know, open my phone, open Clubhouse, unmute the mic. By the time yeah. I've done that, the conversation has moved on and I'm then I'm like, well, okay, maybe I need to be ready to say something next time. And so I'm just kind of sitting there. Yeah. And not getting any work done, so it sort of became yeah. a bit of a distraction for me. Um, um, so I'm not really sure where, like, what the barometer's at right now in terms of of artists. I think that, like, obviously people want to protect what they're doing and uh, and talk good about what they're doing. And I think that, like, all in all, the NFT space is a, a net positive still. Um, yeah. I've seen on, I, I started, I can't go on Clubhouse that much, but I go and I look and see what the conversations are. Yeah. Like I'll look at the headline and step seven for literally 10 seconds, then be like, oh, leave. And just to hear, and one thing I've noticed is there's starting to be a backlash against uh, Nifty Gateway. And it, I don't know why this didn't occur to anybody before. It was obvious to me from the beginning. They're like, well, they, it's, it's exclusive. 
like they like yeah. and what's happening now is like yeah like i mean right just like any but gallery right right what's happening now is maybe it's easy for me to say that because i've had because i can have drops with them but and so because since i got in early or whatever maybe i maybe now i wouldn't be able to right because they're having you know halsey or whoever yeah. drop yeah yeah so but uh uh people are asking for drops they're granting them the guy i forget his name the most famous artist in the world or something yeah 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 instagram handle yeah he had a big to do about them telling him, "Oh yeah, we need to move you back, or we had to cancel your date or whatever." Yeah. And then, then I know for a fact I talked to another musician here and who's from Los Angeles, but I talked to him in person in Miami, and he was saying the same thing happened. They gave him a, an April drop date, and then they said, "No, no it's going to be November." Because yeah. They can have a five million dollar drop, or they can have a, a thirty thousand dollar drop. Right. So they're going to take the the big one. While they can't, you know, like what. <laughs> I, right. Yeah, I feel like that um, maybe that sort of FOMO ideology is, is present even in the the sites, right? Because has to be. they have to know to that the bubble's going to burst at some point. And, yeah. Um, well, there's been two ebbs and flows that I've seen. There was the pre-Beeple one where I had a drop and it sold out instantly. Mm-hmm. Then I had another drop and Ethereum was dropping that day or something. Mm-hmm. So the investors, it was all crypto people at that point. They were a little scared. They didn't want to do anything. Only by half the drop sold out. Mm-hmm. And then it ended up selling a couple months later, the whole thing in like a week. I don't know what happened. But uh, so like it wasn't some success. And then the Beeple thing happened. And it was like everybody, mm-hmm. everything was selling all the time. And now it's a post people like I was hearing the other day that Steve Aoki had his drop mm-hmm. and the pieces were 2,500 and then they're flipping like crazy, 10,000, 15. And right now those same pieces are selling for $900. Mm. So I think we yeah. saw, we're seeing like kind of like curves, parabolic curves going. Yeah. And isn't that just life? You know, like yeah, I go yesterday, I went through like three mood swings, like, like, just looking at a painting, you know what I mean? And just, right. and thinking about, yeah. thinking about the world and then like getting down into that kind of like that, that trough there at the bottom. And, and really the beautiful thing is, is coming up out of that. And you can draw parallels in any sort of, you know, process that happens in the world, any sort of phenomenon that happens. Right. Like, yeah. It, it, take anything. Take, a, t- I mean, take a, a freaking basketball game. There's like back and forth, a yeah. chess game. Like it, it's it's just how reality is. And um, yeah, I mean, do you think there's kind of like a, a hangover phase right now after the big? Uh... I think maybe people, it's weeding out the people who aren't serious because mm-hmm. people are buying just to, or selling even everybody's doing it just to get a dollar yeah. and those people will start fading away. Cause you won't be able to get the dollar. Like right. it's going to be things that really last. Right. So it is, it's weeding people out. But another strange thing about what you were talking about is, I don't know why that made me think of this, but I always think about faith mm-hmm. and how we've kind of become an extremely secular lifestyle. We talked about secularism a little yeah. bit last time, but yeah. as it relates to faith is kind of interesting. Uh, you still see, 
these ideas transpose in different ways, like the secret or something like that. You know, <laughs> if you just believe it, the universe is going to give it to you. Yeah, yeah. I like Chappelle. I don't know if I ever told you. Did I tell you last time Chappelle's take on the secret? No. I, lo- I love it so much. I mentioned it every once in a while. He has a bit where he's talking about the secret and he's like, yeah, tell that to the starving kid in Africa. What you need to do is imagine a ham sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Like, yeah. Exactly. I think, I think something but, like that. Sorry to interrupt, but it's it's like no, no. it's like such a watered down version of like what is actually right. possible, and it it's right. you're kind of selling this. It, it, everybody, I think, at this point knows that the secret was a bit of a money grab with little bits of like like inspiration and, and truth in there. But you know, it's like you're getting you know what's that meme where it's like what I paid for versus what I I got or whatever, <laughs> right? It's kind of yeah. like that, you know. You know, it, it that's true, uh, but I think what you said that it, there's bits of truth in there. Yeah, faith goes right back to what you said about the painting of how much of the world is actually in our mind. Because mm-hmm. I bet you were having negative feelings about that painting, like "fuck, this is awful," and I bet you not very much changed. And you were like, "Yeah." This is it. This is the you ever best. Have that? Yeah. Oh, totally. This is the best. Yeah. And it's the same fucking thing. Nothing happened. If, if somebody, if another person walked in the room, they'd be like, "I don't." Nothing even. <laughs> would you put a line there? Like what? Yeah. If, but if, it was all what you thought, what you could feel was gonna where it was gonna go. You had a vision, and then it was gone. And I was. And I, was, I think, yeah. Yeah, I was yeah. definitely like thinking about the world too. You know, like what's gonna happen? Just like. It, it was all these things that kind of got tied together. And uh, I was able, my friend came over yesterday and we, we had a, just a good conversation and it sort of like broke the spell of like that internal, like mm. negative chatter, like putting that out and articulating it is very, very important, you know, and yeah. for, for human psychology and like, just like your conscious state. It's like, if you're going through something, it, it's, it's, I'm, so fortunate to have like friends I can just talk to about anything, you know? Yeah. And, and uh, do you ever feel that people who give advice on social media, <laughs> they're giving that advice? Cause that's what they're For experiencing. Them, yeah, yeah. Like you gotta be happy through the bad times. Like, Oh, okay, For sure. thanks. For sure. And it's also like, there's part of that to be cynical too. It's like, that's like a whole, that's like a whole ass brand or a, a whole lane right. of like <laughs> being on the internet, you know? Right. Uh, the advice. Yeah, the advice. The advice. Uh, Instagram page or the inspirational quote. The inspir. Do you think that? I keep thinking about. I don't know why I use the word faith, but I guess that's what it is. Do you think that we threw the baby out with the bathwater, with religion? Because they're like, oh, oh look at these Catholic sure. priests. They're fucking boys. But <laughs> yeah, but Jesus did say some shit that was kind of interesting. Those, yeah. Like the church is a different entity. No, and that. this, I mean, this this ties into like literally everything we've been talking about because I think things that are good start off pure. They start off right. like with the purity and like the realness and the truth. And then other people see opportunity there. And they have to make that choice of, well, do I, do I seize this opportunity and manipulate whatever this thing is, whether it's the NFT space or, or whatever, you know? Right. It's like the whole thing with, with Burning Man, uh, 
the running joke is like, you know, this year's burn isn't as good as every other burn before, you know, <laughs> it's, it's kind of like that thing or like, you know, the, it's the purity thing and those people are purists, but they also have like kind of a point like with religion too. I feel like there's like big facts in there that we should all like yeah. recognize, but it's easy to have like unintegrated resentment because religion itself, not the content of it has been exploited yeah. and, you know, mass produced and forced on people against their will through like colonialism sure. and all that shit. And, and so like, yeah, of course we want to resent the Catholic church because the people involved, some of them are doing awful things. Um, yeah. And this, it, this also ties back to what we talked about last time with like art versus artists. And it's like, can you be, should you just throw the baby out with the bathwater? Because it's, you know, I mean, it's, it's a lot for sure. And I don't blame anybody for, for doing this, but because of like Catholic priests in the example given, you know, like, yeah. it's like, okay, well, I'm not going to listen to anything that, that any faith has to say, not just Catholicism, but any truth in Buddhism or anything, it's all just, it's all right. just this dogmatic all institutionalized this bullshit. And I think it's really easy for people to just take that jump from like, well, this is bad. So then like, fuck all that stuff, you know? You know, it's it's interesting. What you were saying reminded me of two completely separate things. But one, there's a book <laughs> called uh, called How Jesus Became God, <laughs> and apparently Jesus was not ever mentioned as God or the Son of God or whatever. Maybe Son of God, but not God. I don't know. Till yeah. like 300 AD. Oh yeah, like, this was like a centuries long evolution into. Jesus being God. And I always wonder about Jesus as a separate issue. I always wonder about Jesus, whether he was like, yes, we're all the son of God. And somebody was like, he's the son of God. Yeah, exactly. Like, we're all children. That's, it's <laughs> a game of telephone, you know? And, right. And I also think that like, you know, at that time period, what was that? Like, that was like Roman secularism. Secularism was just like, you know, they were pretty for the time, like scientifically minded and, Right, cynical. All those things were were in play there. So, people with power at that time were very educated on those things, and it's like, well, okay, like we have this big uprising in the you know the Middle East where we're controlling land. Um, you know, how do we manipulate that to get people in line? And yeah. uh, I I think that it just evolved from there and once that manipulation or that like bad intention comes in, then that game of telephone starts where it just, it's like, no, this is the son of God or this is God itself. It's like, and there'll right. be no gods before me. And you know, it's like, Oh yeah, that's a whole, that's a whole rat's nest of stuff. But like, I think the, the point or the punchline might just be that you can't, you know, if you, if you want to have like, a good psychological and moral grounding, it's not a bad place to look at like a religion right. or someone who is like spitting truth against like I, I always, society. I always think that, but, but like you said, I, you know, in fact, right now, I, th I don't know if we covered this at all, but the, the people that hate me on Instagram. Oh yeah. But, uh, <laughs> the, the I, Hindu guys. 
Yeah, they hate me. But right now I'm banned on Instagram from I can't go live. What? And I can't do a bunch of stuff. Yeah, I can post pictures and that's about it. Like stuff to my story, that's about it. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I can't I can't do what a ton the, of little things. Because they, you know, they heard the telephone. I, I I can't yeah, I can't figure out. So that made me think about Instagram. Like of course it's this monolithic thing which they just like told them they just shut it down. They didn't care about me, right? Yeah. I'm not thinking that there's any kind of thought there. Right. But it made me think, okay, so all these guys complained. I wonder if the people at Instagram, because I asked them to review it and they did, and I'm still banned. <laughs> I wonder if they thought, yeah, like he's insulting the Hindus, like clearly, like up there just don't know the political situation, and they just are like whatever. That is just that has nothing to do with they're religion. Like, it's just a. It, it sounds like they're like covering their ass, you know. They're like, right. oh, you can't talk bad about religion unless it's like Catholicism because, yeah, fuck them. But, uh, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, it's they're like being cult, like insensitive to the, I don't know, whatever, whatever their, their thing is. Yeah. I think that like, I think Instagram and those institutions are very wary about and I don't know enough to, to, I'm definitely speaking out of school, but I think that they're very wary about like offending groups rather than like individuals, you know, like, and they, I think they're just covering their ass. Honestly, they're like, okay, like there are enough, like there's enough, you know, like (laughs) Hindi boys that are mad at you for, (laughs) let's get rid of them. Yeah. They're like, all right, we're going to put you in timeout. They deleted they deleted one really strange picture, and I think that it had been reported a lot because of the Hindu god aspect of it, but I think they actually deleted it because it had, uh, you know, all my stuff referenced and other stuff. It had the Rubens, uh, pretty sure it's Rubens, of Saturn eating his son. Oh, yeah. And they deleted the, the picture. Like, I, I don't know why. Like, like, it's a painting yeah. based on a classic painting i don't understand like i bet you could find a hundred images of that on instagram yeah. that same painting but oh, yeah. my not my version of it but of that painting i'm pretty sure that's why they deleted it like they when i got banned they, that was what that's what got me yeah i don't know how those giant institutions work but you know i'm yeah i think speaking of unintegrated resentment like instagram and facebook just they've been rubbing me the wrong way uh, for a while. How so? I don't know. I, I maybe I should uh, mute my phone right now so that they don't hear me. <laughs> You'll be banned after so, this. And, and therein, <laughs> and therein lies my resentment because it's like they, you know, like they have access to your mics. They, uh, you know, they know, and they're using it. Yeah, they're tracking they're you all across the internet, yeah. and they have a profile on you, and they're selling it to you know, whoever, like that's, that's something that like, and I know we all got to make money and I, I definitely still participate, but it's, it's like, Hey, maybe we should change this thing so that like, I don't know, Facebook doesn't sell our data without at least us maybe getting, you know, that, that, uh, (laughs) that NFT, uh, royalty 10% or whatever, you know? Yeah. And that, I, to, that's your, that's like your, that goes back to your, your decentralized idea. Oh, right there. I remember what I was going to, to tie that whole thing back into. It's like the Dow thing about like incentivizing good behavior. That's really great. But I still don't know. 
how we can solve for bad information or like pop propagandized information because then you can still you still have the means to sway people's minds in one way yeah. one direction or the other depending on like with this like tracking technology you know who the person is that you're targeting just based right. off their internet searches because like Google is like the Akashic records of human thought, you know? And yeah. I, I think that they, I think those companies know us maybe better than we do ourselves. Some, some people, you know, and Could be. they're leveraging that to, to a great deal. And I, yeah, I just want to just get that off my chest. I, I don't know. I, I don't know if we can get away from that. I always think about how the Spanish American war was basically started by William Randolph Hearst. Mm. Like he just like, let's start a war. It's good news. And so he did like, he ran the newspapers. It's just like, we're going to, we're doing this. Wasn't thing. the, like the initial attack, like a fake or like, yeah, it was, I don't know. There, I read a book about it. Like when I was 19 Okay, and that's all I got out of it. <laughs> How I got out of it was that the dude, then nothing happened. This guy started the war all on his own. Like, right, it was yeah. just convenient. Yeah. And now everybody's mad about, well, did the Russians interfere in the election by boosting whatever, you know, yeah, yeah. a couple, four years ago. And I just think, I don't know, even if we decentralize the whole thing, the problems that you're bringing up would still be, it's just basic human nature. Right. And that's what, that's and, why, go ahead. Yeah. And though I was going to say, the more it seems like the more information we have, the more misguided people can possibly become. Oh yeah. Like maybe if you just live out in the woods and you're like, this plant you can eat and this plant you can't eat, and everybody knows that shit. <laughs> and now we're living in this thing where it's like, oh, we're like, and it's like some people are like the Earth is flat. Right. It really is. <laughs> right. Like what is going on? Like oh man, and the whole like the whole QAnon thing, uh, it really really uh, highlights that a human very human tendency to or basically the fact that like no one is immune from uh, propaganda right you me anyone listening to this for all time like just know you have your biases and with the technology (laughs) in place people are buying that data to play on your biases like and that's all you'll see yeah so it'll be obvious to you yeah like once Facebook or whoever knows that that's how you were going to, that's what you're clicking on. Yeah. Then that's what they show you. And then you're like, of course they're, they're people are living it. Maybe even you and I who are both artists, but are living in totally different worlds. Who knows? I, I mean, it's certainly different, uh, digital media worlds, you know, like sure. Whatever we're being shown is. And since, but think about it. What, what how much of our day? 25% is in that world right now. Right. Um, I mean, it is like, so I think that the digital world is the real world. It definitely is. I mean, like take something like QAnon and the whole 8chan thing. I don't know how familiar you are with it. I just watched uh, a really good documentary. It's on HBO. And um, that where they, in the end, they find. They tried to get the guy to, and he admitted it for a second. Sort of, yeah. He sort of admitted it. He yeah. like laughed. I saw, I saw some about the, yeah. And it's like, uh, yeah, man. Like I don't know. It's, it's easy to pretzel a group of people. Like when you, when you double down on like identifying yourself as like whatever it is, then you can be 
you can be played a lot easier, right? Like, um, this is not about art at all, but this is great. Um, (laughs) and I think that that's, that's like a cool thing about, um, crypto is that your financial activity is transparent, but your identity, like who you are, what you like, what you're into, religious, non-religious, whatever, that can or be even your name. Yeah, it's even like your name. it's like um, pseudonymous, right? It's not completely anonymous, but it's like right. it's your pseudonym, basically. I've never heard that word, and it's great. I totally I lifted it from a podcast. So okay, you know. <laughs> <laughs> shout outs <laughs> that, that, cool. that dude Bology again. Um, but yeah, man, I think that I think we're living in a crazy time, and I'm glad that we get to talk about it. <laughs> Yeah, man. I, 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 the reason I'm, I think we managed to really, cause I'm really, there's times when a lot is coming out of me mm-hmm. and I'm really riding the wave. Sure. And right now I'm actually retracting into myself mm-hmm. a little bit. And that's why I messaged us that we need to talk about NFT right now. Cause at this <laughs> moment, it's so weird. And I wanted to see where you were with it. Cause last time you talked, you're like, well, how does it work? And yeah. now I know for sure, you know? Yeah. And, and I'm in a totally different place than I was. I was like, let's talk about it again. And it's going to be, it's a totally different conversation now. Yeah. Totally different. It's just wild how things can change so quickly. Yeah. You know, a couple months. Yeah. A couple months. When was the last one? Do you know, what was the date? Oh, I just, so I re-listened to it today just to kind of, you know, whatever. <laughs> uh, but it was, I released it almost exactly a month from when I'll release, or sorry, three months from when this one will be released. Okay. So in three months time, like whole markets have been created and people's lives have been changed. And my perspective on it has become way more nuanced. And, uh, it, it's cool because it's like, you can kind of use it if you're inclined this way to as, as a learning tool as well. Right, because yeah. if you just sit back and watch, you really see human nature on display. You see the 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 vast implications of the technology too, which yeah. which I think is actually like the real exciting thing. I'm just kind of wondering what if if anything do you see this technology being used for like outside of art? You know. That's the other thing. I had been thinking so much about the possibilities of this mm-hmm. a few months ago. And it's almost like that part of my brain has been shut off. Really? Uh, I've really cauterized myself <laughs> to this whole thing after the, I just can't deal with the rush to NFT. Something about it really bothered me mm-hmm. you know, on a fundamental level. So I honestly don't even have an answer to that right now. Every aspect of life is going to be, that's what I think. Yeah. Banks, uh, grocery stores, whatever. Everybody's going to have a way of using this. Mm-hmm. Uh, accountants, whatever. There's going to be so many use cases for this. But the, I had been thinking a lot about how music could use it. I really think the Grateful Dead <laughs> would have been perfect for NFT because you could, right. they could NFT every single show. Yep. And I tend to think that NFT with music making an NFT of uh, of a recorded of a recording or an album uh, 
studio recording doesn't make as much sense because we live in a world where the studio recording is the definitive version. Mm -hmm. We listen to the Stones play Satisfaction, it's still not Satisfaction that we know, mm -hmm. right? right? So I always think about mm -hmm. that. But but with 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 uh, with a concert, it's so good to NFT because it's like almost like being there. Oh, I was there, sixty four, yeah. whatever. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's the same thing. Like, oh, I have that nineteen ninety five the Red Rocks or whatever yeah, it is. Yeah. I've got that show. Yeah. And uh, for me, live concerts are the exact way to do it. Yeah. Releasing an NFT of a song that anybody can listen to on Spotify doesn't make sense to me because what do you really own? Right. Okay, you own the NFT of it. Right. But you don't own the master of it unless they give away the master with the NFT. Yeah. In which case, I don't know what the point of the NFT was. Just get the master. Yeah. So for me, the studio recording thing, unless you're, it's like that Wu-Tang album where they just released a one-on-one. <laughs> right, yeah. Unless it's like that and you just don't want the world to hear your music, then okay, great. <laughs> But I think concerts are the really, the, that's the one which I remember thinking about, which I was like, that's the way to go with that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And with the Grateful Dead and other bands like them in particular, every show is a little different, you know? Right. And right. Uh, like even some electronic artists like uh, Tipper, I don't know if you're familiar with Tipper, uh, but he comes to mind. I, Not sure. It, it's like psychedelic alien music. It's awesome. All right. Yeah. Yeah. And he has, you know, myself included, like a very dedicated fan base who would just eat that shit up. And so I, I see if he yeah. wants to, I, I could see him and his team like making big, big moves in that space. Every show, if every show is different, if you're that kind yeah. of yeah. musician, dude, this is your thing. Yeah. You could, people will, you'll get it, people jumping on it every day you'll have a group of people across the world trying to get your show from last night. Yeah. And I just think that that's awesome. Yeah. And if you could even host it on your own website, like that dude, right. Blau, uh, I'm sure you've heard of him, right? Yeah. Yeah. He did that. Yeah. That was, I thought that was a pretty badass move to yeah. figure out the infrastructure to make all that happen just through his own website, which is, I think that that's going to be way more common. Of course, yeah. developers are going to like, like whoever WordPress is going to start offering it, yeah. Which like an NFT store? Oh, sure. Yeah, I'll take NFT one of those. integration in your Shopify. <laughs> integration. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, twenty-five dollars a month. It's right in there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, man, we've gone almost an hour and a half. Um, okay. You got anything yeah. else to uh, to add? No, I. I like I said, what I was really curious about would be the emotional level of this conversation. Yeah, yeah. Like, and then like not just the topics, but the the emotional tenor of it. I just think people are going to look back on this, and it's going to be something to hear. Like, oh, that's what was happening. Yeah. Th there's a few moments in time. Mm -hmm. I was watching Mad Men the other day, and JFK dies. And I was like, God, what would that be like to have lived? To like, everybody's like shell shocked. Yeah. And of course, the NFT isn't like that, but in the art community, it's like a bomb went off. Like, yeah, it's like a bomb went off in the moment. So I thought, let's. It's gonna be interesting to hear. Yeah. Well, maybe I'll mint this one as an NFT too. Oh, there we go. <laughs> well, yeah. I don't know. I, I, that's another thing too. Um, just after this, we can we can call it. But like, I kind of see the the nft space as like you still have to do the work to find the people who are interested right like if you're not being yeah. represented by nft gateway or or something like that there's still like right. messaging to 
the people who follow you to get them to understand and onboard. So there's again that delay thing, and uh, and Clubhouse and Clubhouse. And that's yeah. why I guess yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's really Sorry, hard for me. It's hard for me to to get on Clubhouse and and do the whole like, hi, my name's Andrew. I'm down here at the bottom, and uh, you know, I was born in Kentucky, but I moved to Colorado, and like, just go on that <laughs> whole thing and and try and like cloud myself up. And I, I guess, like, closing thought is kind of like, I hope that it it you know the pure some of the purity still remains in it, where it's not again just a big clout chase. Mm-hmm. Just like yeah. you know how like Instagram and, and Facebook have become, but <laughs> well, here's hoping. Yeah, <laughs> I think I think everything has to go the same direction. Maybe, but we'll find out. Yeah. Well, it was great talking to you again, Callian. Good talking to you too. When you come to Miami, you got to come by my my house. I will. Once once COVID or whatever, I don't even care about COVID. Just come over, whatever. We'll okay. figure it out. Cool. Cool. All right. Sweet brother. Peace. Nice talking to you. All right. Bye. like art art do you really do you like really fucking like fucking art, art? tune in to rca next week next week